0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, we are recording again on a Tuesday night. Uh, pretty... Sad day in sports as we uh, acknowledge the one year uh, after the tragic passing of uh, Kobe Bryant and Kyle, who's joining me as well, Kyle Vaughn. Um, I wanted, what's up? I uh, my first thought, Kyle. Well, one was that you were the person that notified me when this first happened, and then I today was thinking of my uh, one of my Kobe memories, and I believe you were at this game. It was the. Lakers, Knicks, it was in the middle of insanity. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to look up this box score because I remember being at that game and being in awe of Kobe as he repeatedly would catch the ball in the post yeah. and have his uh, patented uh, fadeaway corner jumper. And I noticed that was the first time I noticed that his legs were so skinny, which is a random comment. But what's funny is I was in awe of him in that game and I pulled up the box score. That game was from uh, 2012. And Kobe went 11 of 29. Yeah, and I thought it was right. one of the most impressive performances <laughs> I've ever seen. For how
1: many points?
0: Like 25? He had 34 and 10. Damn.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember that was the first and only time I ever saw him. Um, Same. So I'm very happy that we can say that we we uh, got to cross that off at least. But yeah, that was super memorable. Um, yeah, he was a footwork wizard that game. Um, just like legitimately trying to make his shots as difficult as possible. But yeah man um it's wild a year later um it does and it doesn't seem like a year a year later at this point i remember um the day quite quite um you know clearly um you just see like the first tweets compiling in and then it's an absolute avalanche and you're like av- you're dumbfounded um yeah and it's tough and it's it it you forget about it over the course of like the crazy COVID year um, and all like the social justice stuff, but he would have been super valuable this last year. Um, And yeah, it's
0: a tough day. I agree. It's a very tough day. Just realizing the impact he had on really every sports fan and even people that were not passionate about sports. Um, The one last thing I want to leave off with, I was watching they had on his final game today and in his press conference after the game, you realize how much he gave the media, and how legitimate his answers were and that he actually took the time and respected what they do and that they needed those answers. And he's thanking the media for, um, the good and the bad, but how, um, whatever they wrote inspired him in different ways. And I think now what we have somewhat lost in sports on a different tangent is the fact that it's rare that athletes actually do give us, um, real answers and candid answers after games and actually let us in on what's going on.
1: Yeah he definitely knew that his, his words carried weight. Um, and he would use them, um, where he saw fit, whether it was like, um, you know, trying to be impactful, um, like an inspiring or like trying to get under a teammate to get him to start playing differently. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Um, you feel like everything nowadays is so short. Um, and if they want to say anything real, they would go to social media. So, um, yeah. Just kind of a, a visual into how everything has changed so much.
0: Absolutely. So certainly recognizing Kobe, but well, we wanted to jump rest in. in peace. Yeah. Rest well, in peace, Mamba.
1: We went uh, to a game shortly after, um, we did. I guess, right before, um, kind of the, well, well, yeah, right before the COVID, um, shutdown. And we got the, uh, RIP Mamba shirts after the game,
0: we got the shirts. We tried to have uh what was it? Eight, 24 ounce beers for, uh,
1: for, four for of Kobe, us, right? for Mamba. No, two of us?
0: It was, yeah, I think, between the two of us, but it might have yeah. been we each had that.
1: <laughs> Corey, one a quarter. It was yeah.
0: fine. They were playing the Grizzlies that night. Uh, yeah. John Morant had a night. I had Dylan Brooks over 18 points, is what I recall. I
1: did I did too, obviously. <laughs> and it hit.
0: It hit in the first half, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, wait. Real
1: quick, do you have Lynn's? Yeah, Lin's, uh, yeah box, I was going to, I box. wanted to
0: read you some funny stats from this game. So yeah, this was in the heart of insanity. He had 38 and 7. It was 23 shooting.
1: That 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 day was absurd. It was his most memorable like game within the Lin San stretch. And you thought the roof was gonna blow off the top of MSG.
0: Insane. I mean, dude, some of the names on in this in these lineups are are I mean, I don't even know who these players are. Henry Walker on the Knicks no played 31 minutes.
1: 31 minutes yeah.
0: <laughs> who was the coach and uh was it was probably mike woodson no it was d'antoni it was d'antoni right uh andrew bynum in 35 minutes went one of eight with three points yuck, <laughs> yuck. all right and uh my last the last uh thing we'll do on this game is that uh jason capono played seven minutes for the Lakers. and jeremy lynn had Derek fisher in the blender the whole game yeah he did Uh, all right, but yeah, moving on to, uh, the football from this past weekend, Kyle, Kyle wrote a nice piece with some takeaways earlier today. Uh, we wanted to start with the NFC, um, just your immediate thoughts, uh, following, uh, the, the Buccaneers win over the Packers.
1: Yeah. Um, I think the first thing you have to think about is Brady, obviously, but going to the other side, um, it's, it's a major blown opportunity for Green Bay, um, It seemed like, you know, they were the best team in the NFC throughout the course of the season. Um, They're playing at home, you know, Aaron Rodgers MVP season. And you think about all the mistakes that led to them losing this game. um, And they still had a chance at the end. But ultimately, you know, they decide to kick the ball um, fourth and goal on the eight yard line. Universally, you know, hated call um, because you're giving the ball back to Tom Brady. You have Aaron Rodgers on your team you have a chance to tie the game right there and you give the ball back to Tom Brady. It'd be one thing if you were giving the ball back to Jared Goff, but you're giving the ball back to Tom Brady. You never see it again. You have no one to blame, but yourself.
0: I fully agree. And maybe I'm just saying this because of what the score was at the time, but don't you think that Rodgers kind of looked defeated at that point? Like he was sitting on the bench. He didn't really put up any argument as to why he should stay on the field, which was, which was surprising at yeah. the time still is, but he looked almost defeated not just then, but kind of throughout the game, um, just looked frustrated. It, it didn't even seem like there was any, like – He didn't seem like he had any fire. Yeah. And it,
1: it kind of – I don't know. It's kind of a visual into, like, the difference between Brady and Rodgers, just kind of how that game went um, summarizes their playoff um, history. Like, yeah. I was Brady's, saying this to a
0: friend after the game, Kyle. No, go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off.
1: Just one thing. Yeah. Brady's teams always seem to find a way to win these games and Rogers teams always seem to find a way to lose these games and Green Bay seems when everything's right, you know, there's no one better in the league, but they kind of seem, you know, in a way like front runners in that, like you said, like when they're down in the second half or, you know, um, a questionable coaching call happens, they kind of seem to lose their minds um, and they can't, you know, Cliche, but put your foot in the ground, turn the table, um, you know, and get the game back going the way they need to.
0: Yeah, I mean, another cliche. Usually if you turn the ball over against an Aaron Rodgers team, he'll twist the knife and and convert on those drives. And he didn't at all. But to your point about uh Brady in general, if you look at the stat line, obviously he made some extremely impressive throws, but throwing three interceptions in the second half. But I was saying this to a friend it's not just Brady's performance. It's just the way he gets everyone else to play. I mean, I know it's a talented team, but yeah. even the way they played on defense uh,
1: the performance his... you get
0: from Leonard Fournette, who I thought was washed the entire season. Yeah. I think, yeah. Brady's Brady's effectiveness is not just in the box score.
1: Yeah. And Bruce Arians said, said as much after the game. Um, he said that all it took was one man to like change this culture, paraphrasing, but something like that. And it's evident, Um, you know, they come out, they set the tone that first drive. Um, It was like third and nine, third and eight, and then third and nine again. And he's throwing like frozen ropes in freezing weather, um, converting like massive third downs to start the game. I think they converted like six of eight first downs to start the game. And he wasn't missing in the first half. Um, No. But yeah, you know that this team is, you have the confidence in your in your team if you're looking on the sideline or you're looking in the huddle and Tom Brady's standing there.
0: Yeah, it's just it's if I can't imagine as a Packer fan, I can't believe that Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. One and four in the championship games. But going back to what you oh. said, um with the um, you know, turning the ball over to Aaron Rodgers, how that should be a you know um um a major turning point in the game. Though Brady did throw those three interceptions, and after two of them, they go three and out, and they don't gain a yard. No, no, those are you know potential potentially game changing drives. Um, exactly. Right. And then um, when
0: and when Jones and when Aaron Jones fumbled, the the Buccaneers get in the end zone ten seconds later. They took advantage.
1: Yeah. So I was watching at home. I was watching here. Not that that matters. Um, and. <laughs> 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 um. It's 1410 before Brady, before Rodgers throws the pick at the end of the first half. And I say to my brother um, that it's going to be 2414 before Tampa Bay gets the ball back. And on the very next play, Rodgers throws the interception. Okay. So you're thinking maybe it'll be 1410 or 1710 at worst, if you're looking at it from a green Bay perspective, Um but then Tampa scores a touchdown to Scotty Miller, absolutely unacceptable. Um so it's 21-10 and then to start the first half Aaron Jones fumbles and they score again. So when I thought it was going to be 24-14 Green Bay, it ended up being 28-10 um Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah. But then it, it kind of what I know. But then it kind of flipped again after that and the Packers had momentum. They just couldn't they couldn't take advantage enough. And I mean I Rodgers, the thing with Rodgers too is Rodgers never turns the ball over, and he against the Bucks in two games this year turned it over several times. And he just, I don't know what it is. In those big games, you expect a guy like Rodgers to play perfect football, and he, and was he
1: just hasn't. They both were at first. Yeah, there was a moment after like the the touchdown to and Marquez Valdez Scantling where you thought that this was going to be a real classic, like these two guys going at it, going at it. Um, but, yeah, then it kind of got sloppy in the second half. Green Bay, um, you know, couldn't protect. Um, and then Brady got a case of the uh, the turnovers. But, you know, they built a big enough lead where um, obviously they held on.
0: Yeah. I mean, I told you last week that I was taking the Bucks, and I didn't know why. Um, but, I mean, as that game goes on, it's just Brady's – Brady's just it seems like he's able to lock in differently than these other quarterbacks. Yeah, he's just he he's must have felt own. real smart after that first drive. <laughs> I felt real smart for the majority of the game, but when it was, I think it was 28 17, the Packers got another stop, and I'm sitting there saying this game's over as in the Packers are going to win this game. Which, again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so it, easy. It to- just would have
1: been really fun to see had the Packers gone for. Had had they not kicked that field goal and they score a touchdown, because you know Brady would have sliced them up on the way back, yeah. um, gotten into field goal range.
0: I mean, maybe if the Packers drafted a wide receiver and didn't have St. Brown dropping ball, the ball hit us in the numbers. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so bad. It's, then they a the field goal would have tied it. So it was a lot of little things. Um, what do you think Lafleur Levo- is thinking though when he takes the points there? We're gonna he, get that. We're gonna get a three and out right now. Yeah, and yeah. you knew you knew that. Uh, the Bucks were going to be aggressive and not just run it three times. You knew they were going to throw the fall.
1: Right. They were also really lucky that the kick returner um, immediately slid after he got the ball. So he was down before the two minute warning, giving them an extra timeout. So that was kind of a blunder on his part. Obviously it didn't matter, but um, I think these coaches kind of revert back to like, I think they bug out.
0: I think um, they're just afraid to make mistakes and they end up making mistakes.
1: It's Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. But it's funny, like you think about it, five years ago, the questionable call would have always been to be aggressive. Like you think about uh, Belichick going for that fourth and two, um, where they didn't get it. Um, But now, not being aggressive is what's like questionable. Um, Just based off like how explosive these offenses are, and you have to look on the other sideline and realize that it's Tom Brady that you're. What are you doing?
0: Going to get ten yards. Maybe Lafleur didn't have a, a good two point play. I mean, I'm kidding. But the fact yeah. that the fact that you would like, I'm just trying to put myself into shoes, which I obviously can't. But you're sitting there. Maybe he's just fearful that all right, I could understand it if you're down by two scores. Obviously, it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. But even if you go for it and don't get it, the Bucks have the ball on their own eight-yard line. It's the yeah, same it's like situation. Them
1: and that changes their play calls on the on the way coming back.
0: It's not defensible.
1: Or if you're down six and you kick, like say they were down six, I understand taking a field goal there because then it's a field goal game. Yeah, you it, it's not a defensible. You still move. Needed a touchdown either way.
0: But then today, Rogers said that he he doesn't see it. He'll be back with the Packers.
1: He said that today. I was yeah, gonna today ask he you said uh,
0: he doesn't see any world in which he's not back. He
1: likes to be petty.
0: Yeah, I mean he's overall. I think he's become more likable this season. Um, because he
1: was being like all, all happy and not like kind of being petty, um, and backstabby with like all these like passive aggressive, aggressive. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think they squandered an opportunity. Not that that's a hot take, but
1: no, it's a big time, um, big time squandered opportunity. And you wonder if this will be his last best chance in a Packers uniform. And it's, you know, it increasingly seems like it's going to be.
0: Yeah, but I mean, why wouldn't they be back there next year? They'll go t- twelve and 4, 13 and three.
1: Yeah, and then losing the NFC Championship again
0: to Brady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we well, <laughs> move?
1: Um, yeah, I, yeah, we can move on. You want to move to Mahomes? Sure. So actually, I, no. I wanted to say. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess we can bring it up when we do our brief uh, Super Bowl preview.
0: Okay. Uh. Yeah. So moving to the other game. Um. Did you also have the Chiefs? Uh was it three and a half three? Yeah. I had him at three. Yeah. So not to, not to praise what we thought going into the game, but I didn't see any world in which the chiefs didn't blow them out. Even when it was nine, nothing, I was sitting here thinking the chiefs are going to kill them.
1: Yeah. A deficit has never meant less to a team <laughs> more than it does with this, with this group. Now they've I been mean, down two scores, you know, every game in the playoffs last year, Um, and this game right now, and they win these games going away.
0: Do you think Kelsey gets enough credit?
1: I think he does now. Um, and I think it's impossible not to realize how significant he is to this group. Like you go into this, you go into these games against the chiefs and you realize that you have to pretty much take out either Kelsey or Hill and it's proving impossible. Not only did the Bills not stop them, I think they combined for, like, 23 catches and 250 yards.
0: Yeah, I mean, these are probably two of the most unique receivers in the league. I mean, Hill on that – They also complement each other perfectly. Perfectly. Hill on that 70-yard catch, I think it was, looked like he was running 200 miles per hour.
1: Yeah, he catches the ball, and he, (laughs) like, just rockets backwards five yards to get away from these guys and then is running like a –
0: and then it doesn't matter who they put at running back, which again, we haven't spoken about this too much on the podcast, but I think once again, just proves the theory of the lack of value that the running position currently has. I know Hilaire was great all season, but look, look at the running backs in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. I don't feel like Hilaire doesn't even does that much. I feel no, I mean- like he'll, he'll get you what's available. Um, and there's going to be a lot available when you're the running back of the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were riding Williams most of the game, who during the regular season was a non-factor. So Yeah,
1: he was like a, a number three guy. I know, I but, saw I, that. I think, uh,
0: not we'll, we'll, I'll mention this when we get to the Super Bowl comment. Go ahead.
1: But I think it's fun, um, or I think it's interesting that um, despite how good and dominant the Chiefs have been, that they still remain like exceedingly likable, at least in my eyes. And I think that that's the general consensus. Um, and I think it's because they – know they're everything you want in like an NFL offense like they're they're fast they're tough they're super aggressive they're ruthless they don't let up and like they're crazy explosives like what more could you want um and I think we all are sort of realizing that what we're what we watch with them is just not normal
0: now I mean how much do we think though liking these teams is based off their quarterback and their uniforms a significant amount because <laughs> I mean the four quarterbacks that were left are all likable guys and basically three storied franchises outside of the box yeah. also the yeah the, like the stadium the, yeah. the aura about the team the head coach and yeah that's what I was going to say too it's I, it's hard not to like Andy Reid yeah. whose mask looked like it. he had like 10 feet of room in between his lips and his mask <laughs> yeah. with the with the speaker under the looks yeah. like he was wearing no, like he a, a, a pillowcase for the speaker. yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Like he's wearing a speedo.
0: Yeah. But you can't, I mean, obviously the Curry Mahomes comparison is easy, but it feels so, I mean, it it feels very accurate. There's just, there's nothing about Mahomes not to like, he makes it look so easy, says all the right things. He looks like he's having fun out there.
1: Yeah. Changing the game. Um, completely also. Yeah. There's, there's crazy parallels between the chiefs and the warriors, especially going back to what we said with, um, Like no deficit is too much, like 10, nine points um, to any other NFL team is like, that's a, that's like half of a game worth of work to get back into the game. Um, And then with these guys, it's one drive, one stop, one drive, and you're you're
0: leading. It's so quick. They're so fun, man. Yeah. It's like, it, it is a good point. It's like when you used to watch those Cavs Warriors finals and the Cavs would be up eight and you felt like they were down by two. Yeah. Or if the Warriors were up three, were just waiting for that 13 like 0 run where Thompson just hit like six straight threes and
1: yeah, and the roof well, is like exploding
0: yeah. off again, and you're done. But um, to get to the Bills, Kyle, yeah, you want to hop to the Bills? Um, yeah. yeah, what do you think of Josh Allen in that game? I
1: think that he was a little bit over his skis, <laughs> 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 a little bit uh, over his skis and going downhill, downhill fast. Um,
0: but I think it'll be a learning
1: experience for these guys. Um, you know, if you told the Bills team and this and like they're the Bills mafia and all that, um, like your season's going to end um, in the AFC championship. I don't think there's a single fan of theirs or player on that team that wouldn't have signed up for that.
0: Well, I agree. But I think the learning experience is best case every year you're going to lose to the chiefs in the championship game. (laughs) what else maybe
1: they're not going to be 100
0: yeah i mean you're really you're only not to not to get like head over heels on the chiefs but (laughs) realistically if mahomes is healthy that's your best season and as long as belichick's in new england the division is no lock so yeah um but no they have a they have an awesome
1: infrastructure um And I think it's, it's, I don't know how underrated it is, but it's significant that, um, you know, their offensive coordinator, um, Brian Dayball, who's was like, you know, had was like very much expected to be one of the coaches hired um, in this cycle. Didn't. um, So he'll be there again next year. So total, um, you know, um, consistency for what they'll be able to do to do next year. Um, Yeah. And it'll be great for them to get like their fans in the stands, you know, maybe if they're at home, they have a better chance, but
0: probably not against this team. Yeah. My last question for you before we hop to the Super Bowl a little bit is um, yeah. Where, where do the bills try to improve other than other than just Allen getting a little more experience? Well, probably a running game
1: and yeah, single
0: Terry's unwatchable.
1: Yeah, he is. And, <laughs> zach moss got hurt but it's not like he was uh barry sanders or anything this season um not that they're growing on trees either but imagine if you put like a travis kelsey on on their team if you could get a dynamic playmaker a tight end that would be obviously super effective um opposite uh stefan diggs
0: yeah i think that's a good point though if they could have a, a running back that's more involved even in the passing game yeah uh that'd be beneficial. Diggs very
1: casually led the NFL in both catches and yards. Um, So they're in a good spot. They're explosive. Um, I guess it's just a matter of like experience and being able to handle those big moments.
0: Just running into the wrong team too. Um,
1: And dude, they're the chiefs. Yeah. What are you going to do? They're going to be in this game. Um, It's funny in contrast to Brady, where everyone thinks and myself included that like him being in 14 championship games is unheard of, but 10 years from now, how many times do you think the chiefs are going to be playing in the conference championship? I know nine.
0: I agree. It's just, if you think about it, so many things have to fall your way. Even, even in those Patriot runs, granted, you could, you could look at the other side too. There are so many situations where they won games they shouldn't have won and they lost games they should have won. So I guess you can look at it both ways, but looking at the super bowl, Wait, real quick, Uh, I wanted to
1: update you um, because I had that.
0: Oh, yeah, the hedge. The The
1: Packers-Chiefs future. (laughs) Um, I ultimately did not decide to hedge, and obviously I'm kicking myself about it. Um, In hindsight, what I should have done um, is just wait out that first game, and then I would have known whether or not I need to, like, double down on the chiefs or do nothing and just um, hope that they win. And then I would cash out instead of what I did is I had the future and then I took Packers minus three and chiefs minus three on top of that, which is really, Oof. yeah.
0: Brutal. Were you, Brutal. did you find yourself, I know your money was with the Packers. Did you find yourself rooting for Brady at all? Yeah. 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 I'm not
1: really, not really rooting for them. I mean, it's not like I'm betting um, anything (laughs) significant over here.
0: Um, Life changing money.
1: Yeah, more so just like laughing to myself in um, appreciation at some of the plays that he would make, and just the way he struts around, like moves, like signals
0: first down. Some of those he threw a ball to Evans earlier in the game that was laughable.
1: Yeah, it came touch pass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um. So I looked at the Super Bowl line this morning, yesterday, and immediately immediately put some money on it i think you could probably guess where i went with this i did the same you took the chiefs minus three yeah
1: yeah time. dude I, yeah
0: i, I think <laughs> the chiefs are gonna kill them yeah i i do too oh. i think it's gonna be a route
1: um the one thing and you know it's won super bowls against uh greater odds before but um The Bucs D-line, if they can get to Mahomes, um, they obviously played out of their minds against Rodgers and kind of he was uncomfortable the whole game. If they can do that to Mahomes, they can compete. But there's no way you're holding this team to less than 35 points, right, if they're playing the full game?
0: There's no way. I don't see any situation where they lose.
1: I don't see any situation where they lose. No,
0: if Mahomes is on the field, I think they win. And I also think think the reason I took it yesterday is I think that line's going to move to five. Maybe um, that line's going to move.
1: My brother and I do like, do guess the lines, yeah. very original. Um, But I guessed that it was going to be seven and a half.
0: I would have guessed four that was and a half, also, five. But that was also right after the game, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was in the fourth quarter, but I was trying to think of a number where I wouldn't take the chiefs. And I, maybe I'm just like, a, you know, a too much, believe in them too much, but I don't think I I think I would take them at six or seven
0: yeah do you remember what the line was last year against the Niners because I feel even better about the Chiefs this year um I know that Niners team was hot at the time but Garoppolo or Brady and we still feel better about Mahomes this year
1: yeah I don't remember what it was
0: but I know that I know that whatever the line was I know that we were happy with the outcome yeah but they almost lost that game so I you never know. I also I also don't value I know there's so much excitement about the uh, Bucks playing in their home stadium. I don't really think that matters. I think that would matter. I know they're going to have and fans there. Either. I think in a normal season that yeah. matters.
1: Well, it's, it's like 20,000 fans and, and 7,000 of them are, yeah. um, you know. I think it would matter too years.
0: if it was a I mean obviously the Super Bowl is always played in warm weather. Not always actually it was played at a Giant Stadium, but usually if that was a yeah, cold but- weather stadium, that stadium has doesn't have character.
1: No, it doesn't. And that's the fan a- base doesn't either. Yeah. We're so just that's why on I feel Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the pirate ship means nothing. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, they, I mean they've been mostly irrelevant for this entire century, and then they get Tom Brady and you Know pow, you're in the Super Bowl. I I was looking to see Bruce Arians win, yeah, man. And I want to see Andy Reid win. I want it like there, he's been so good for so long. Um, and he had to deal with the whole never won a Super Bowl thing, so it'd be nice if he can rack a few up before he heads on to uh, whatever he's gonna do.
0: Are we allowed to say Super Bowl?
1: Oh, the big game, (laughs) the big game. Imagine if we got fined. Uh, (laughs) those are are my thoughts
0: as far as super Bowl. obviously we'll get more into this next week
1: Um, yeah we should uh we should look into some props we like um some different angles um i was i was thinking about it and then i looked up the date um earlier today we were in kindergarten the first time that tom brady played in a super bowl against the rams against the rams the uh greatest show on turf Rands.
0: That's when they used to wear those uniforms brady was probably i think he was in that white uh patriot uniform where this you could fit like 10 arms in the sleeve
1: yeah and <laughs> and their shoulder pads were yeah. up to i their don't even ears. know they throw the ball they yeah. were up to their ears yeah. um <laughs> yeah we were in kindergarten and now we're hosting a critically acclaimed podcast
0: yeah exactly <laughs> uh but yeah though we'll we'll get more into the uh big game i caught myself as we mentioned but we, we wanted to, want to move it Yeah, we wanted to move over to the NBA. Uh, Kyle, you wanted to uh, elaborate on three observations. Uh, We're about, we're a little over a month into this season. So just three observations we each have. I'm happy to start with you. I'll let you go first. Okay. All right, so my first observation is... That the team, this is I mean not that this was difficult to observe, is that the Timberwolves are a disaster. Yeah. If we think about what what they what position they're in right now, first of all, they're the only team right now in the West I would say that has absolutely no chance of making the postseason. You could say the Thunder; they're seven and nine. They probably well, they're they also probably, in a
1: very different spot because yeah. the Thunder don't care to make the playoffs. The Thunder are the one team in the West
0: that are actively tanking. Yeah. So where do the Timberwolves go from now is the question you have Towns and Russell who are best friends obviously Towns has had a year from hell and he's been off the court with an injury but regardless Russell has one of the worst plus minuses in the NBA if not the worst dude it's Um, wild
1: that Russell had the one stretch in Brooklyn where he was legitimately a good player um and it's I mean he's not bad by any means but he just doesn't really contribute to winning and now he's you know, he's a max, he's, I think he's a max player, right?
0: Or yeah. Damn cause, near. Cause Kenny Atkinson was a good coach. Yeah. He that, got the most that, out of him. That Nets
1: team had character, um, yeah. but no, I totally agree. The T-Wolves and the, um, the Wiccans trade. If, if, yeah, if their pick doesn't land in the top three, they, it goes to Golden State, which yeah. is legitimately a franchise destroyer. If this team has to give away a top four pick or a four a lottery pick. Um that's after the third the third overall.
0: The Warriors looking at it now would have traded Wiggins for Russell straight up.
1: Yeah. Dude, Russell's so bad.
0: So bad. And obviously it's too small of a sample size, but I think they made the wrong pick with Edwards.
1: Yeah, compared to Wiseman and Lamello and but Halliburton. They, and Halliburton. They they avoid taking Wiseman, because you have towns and towns, yeah within over under you know one more full season until towns is saying I want out.
0: Yeah, this and situation. towns towns plays like a three. He stands at the perimeter the whole game. Yeah. So yeah, they're a disaster because they don't know who they are, because they're not they're probably realistically, you're right, a year or two away from trading Russell and Towns. They have Russell on a max, one of the worst deals in the NBA. And you imagine that Russell's value is only going to continue to diminish. So this team on paper, they thought they were, they thought they were had a good team on their hands. They had what they thought were two stars in Russell and towns. They had the number one pick um, and they're brutal.
1: Yeah. I don't think they could get a bag of balls for D'Angelo Russell right now.
0: No. So yeah, that was my first observation is that the Timberwolves, I would say are in a worse position than any other team in this league. I would concur. All right. What do you got?
1: All right, my first observation, and I was I was talking to you a bit about this earlier. Um, I can't stand what the NBA is doing with these uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that they're trying to get new ones created and worn every year, but I just can't stand the fact that the home team is wearing like an alternate like dark uniform pretty much every game that you're watching. And like when we were growing up, the home team wore white and that's what it was every game. And once in a while you would wear your alternate. Now, like the Milwaukee Bucks are wearing light blue. The Lakers are back to wearing blue. Every team has some sort of black alternate that they're wearing at home Home, and it doesn't match with the court. Well, okay. Um, that was
0: the other thing I was going to say. The court is as frustrating.
1: Yeah. It's more it, frustrating. It, it, <laughs> it, points, it makes it that much worse.
0: I mean, we obviously know this is all for money, but I agree with you. The Rockets, uh, they're playing tonight. It's H Town Night, so they're wearing those powder blue unis. Every on team that has one of those
1: blue uniforms
0: now. Yeah, I'm okay with alternates. For example, I think the Warriors Oakland alternates that look like they're old uniforms. Have you seen those? I have, yeah. Those, those, yeah, I those I are loved. awesome. Those I are was awesome. saying last night, I wish that I knew they were wearing them because I would have put the house on them. Because anytime they wear those, they, they, I mean, they <laughs> yeah, just look money. unreal. But yeah, um, if those, if those uniforms had anything to do with like a current color scheme? Sure. Yeah. I like the t-shirt unis more than those. <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> um, but is there anything I, I don't understand
1: why, why I like the look of wearing your clean white uniform at home is gone. Also who within the fan bases is buying like the next city alternate that says city never sleeps instead of just the clean New York, like, uh, white and orange uniform.
0: What are the Nets ones? Uh, sty, uh, uh, bed sty, bed sty, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're gray ones, I do like though, but the, no, heat, the... the heat are the, those, the Miami Vice
0: ones are blue. Yeah. Really... Well, that was cool for you. year. The only team I can think of off the top of my head that doesn't use these uniforms like, is the Celtics, just stick to their true colors because they're such a classic franchise. They have those yeah. banner uniforms, which are hideous, but at least they're the right colors,
1: yeah. But one, even more, then, thought, Kyle, like one more thought play, every playoff game they're wearing like the black and green uniforms.
0: Yeah, my least favorite alternate and they've worn it a bunch is the Mavericks green uniforms.
1: Yeah, like they they <laughs> rival like the the neon uh Seahawks one that they'll wear every like on Thursday night football randomly. I know yeah, what those you're saying are that disgusting. You- Disgusting. Have you seen the blue Milwaukee Bucks yes on top you get of the excited. green
0: court? Well, yes. <laughs> well, I don't get excited for Bucks games because I think they're so boring. But, yeah, yeah, you get excited for, like, a Lakers-Warriors game and they're wearing – the Lakers are wearing powder blue and the Warriors are wearing, like
1: – Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Black. It, it it's messes like like, when You're visually, like, about to put on the game. You're thinking one thing.
0: And, then, and they never wear the white uni at home. All I want to see saying
1: that's what it should be. <laughs> all I want to <laughs> so see
0: every time I watch the Knicks play at home is at white, that yeah. white with the orange numbers.
1: And it looks it looks so good. Um, but then they'll <laughs> randomly randomly wear the blue ones too. Like the blue ones are the away jerseys. Why are you wearing them at home?
0: Yeah. I, and, and the I c- Lakers
1: will, will wear will wear purple at Staples Center?
0: Yeah, the Lakers wear the yellow unis like five times a year.
1: Yeah, it's inferior best luck by far.
0: All right. Um, I'll, I'll go to my second observation. This is more, uh, this is more on court oriented. So you're going to give me shit for this, but I think there are currently six teams that could win in the East. Let me hear. Them. You're going to hate one of them, but I said the Bucks, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Nets, the Heat, and the Raptors.
1: Oh, come <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> meant
1: to stay six and not bring up Indiana is kind of uh kind of a sin, but... No, you're right.
0: That's that's an error on my end. I'll admit Indiana's that Indiana's
1: pretty good. I know uh, bonus obviously, me, I depends
0: on what happens to Levert. We got good news on him today as far as he had a successful procedure.
1: Yeah, man, that's crazy that that yeah. happened. Crazy. And Not to go on a tangent, but how did the trade get approved after that was found in the physical?
0: I'm not sure, but it's honestly a blessing that the trade happened, that they... Were yeah, in training sure. negotiations. But, all right so you all said right, to this Milwaukee, point so i yeah. should the, the thing Milwaukee, is the Bucks, if Levert's healthy the Bucks maybe so all right we go through the let's all go through it the Bucks clearly have a chance to win yeah. yeah i don't see it um the celtics what we're looking at now with the celtics they might have the, two of the best players in the eastern conference they might have two superstars
1: yeah they legitimately might um so and they do point. i mean it's kind of hard they definitely have one and Jalen Brown is on his way to you know first All Star team, potential All Pro. He's been a yes.
0: Jalen Brown is yeah ha- is a proud
1: member of my fantasy team. Too.
0: Yeah, he's probably taking the biggest leap in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Sixers um, and Bead is on a mission. I still have my reservations about fully riding a big man um, in the playoffs unless it's Jokic, who obviously is so unique with his passing. So they have God, a chance. It would have been
1: fun if they pulled the trigger on the Harden trade.
0: Yeah, the Nets. Um, the Nets are the Nets, yeah. Yeah, the Nets are the Nets. Well I'll I'll go off on the Nets later. Uh the Heat, I know they're six and ten, but with the Heat, all they have to do is get in, which they will. And autobio uh, of late looks like he's becoming an even better player, uh, gaining more confidence his jump shot. So they still have it. And then the the pick that the pick with the Raptors is i he's still won. can't I, okay he's so the reason won. i can't count the raptors out is one nick nurse For what making the
1: playoffs or winning the title winning the east <laughs> when the is
0: six teams that could win the east so they're gonna be in
1: the, in the play-in series
0: don't sleep on chris bouchard uh <laughs> so <laughs> the raptors first of all let's let's understand what they what they're going through right now they're first of all they're playing in tampa
1: yeah which is will be an here. adjustment
0: <laughs> yeah. um the only guy that they lost that played in crunch time was Ibaka. Obviously, that's a big loss. But at the same time, you expect guys like Van Fleet to get better, like Ananobi to get better. And they they're both, they both are improving. The problem with them, obviously, yeah, those, is those that are, si- the, the problem with them is that Siakam. Siakam. is. But, Siakam- okay, so this was the reason I put this in there is that maybe, just maybe, there's a trade left for the Raptors. So that was kind of the thought here, which I know is a kind of BS move by me because you could sit no, here and anyway, say, Oh, if the if any yeah. team gets Beal. We're not holding your happens. feet to the fire or anything. Yeah. Um, so those are my six teams, but I think the main point here, Kyle, is is how up for grabs the East is.
1: Yeah. I would I would probably limit my group to, I mean, just top of my head, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly. You don't just, think the Heat have a chance? No, that's tough. Well, let me we'll we'll regroup okay. um in a bit. Um okay. No, but I I do, for the most part, I would include probably those five teams um, in varying degrees of confidence and probably add in Indy instead of the Raptors. I just don't think the Raptors can make a move um, without getting rid of OG, and they're not going to be doing that at this point. And Siakam has taken a colossal step down um, from what we thought he would be.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. But I love the
1: East. I think the East is significantly more entertaining, at least in terms of the regular season than the West.
0: Cause I the West is that. just going
1: to be the Lakers and the Clippers.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Um, observation number two. Um, I just think it's really fun to have Steph back Agree. You know, on a night. On a, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty cut and dry, but, um, it seems at least once a week, like you're getting, um, you're checking the box score and it's like, um, you know 30 to 40 points on crazy efficiency um and you're also getting the highlights where it's one on 5 he's weaving in and out dribbling uh finishing like um you know prime Steph um and it's just a shame that um you know the fans in uh um I guess the bay um aren't there to
0: watch it but um definitely a better spot um now that he's back no i love this observation i've been really enjoying the
1: 10 really enjoying them. really
0: enjoying the 10 o'clock uh, warriors games that are frequently nationally televised um, just the Watching amount of them
1: just it makes it such a bummer that clay's not yeah
0: up. but just the amount of fun that curry has on the floor is yeah. so is such a joy to watch but also more so this year than ever and it's probably because it's more so it's always been his team but he's without the other superstars the way he moves off the ball is just unbelievable and mm-hmm. the shots that he can get off and you could just tell that they're There are younger guys on this team that are clearly in awe of him, but at the same time, they're having so much fun playing with him, and not and not just Steph. Also, Draymond obviously doesn't. Draymond's been awesome. Draymond's been awesome. Yeah, the Warriors. I had a tough time rooting for them when they were the clear favorite, but I. Yeah, but now it's such a joy to root for Steph.
1: Yeah, their whole thing has gone like full three hundred and sixty, where they were awesome at first. Well, like they were so likable at first when they were coming up and then, you know, they start waiting they get too good. Um, obviously get Durant. Um, but now like, you know, we're back to liking them. Um, and
0: yeah, you know, Steph. And they're is, playing good basketball.
1: Steph is pretty much the most watchable player, um,
0: in the NBA. I agree that that's an interesting debate. Yeah. most watch- Could be <laughs> who, one for who, another time. Yeah. Quickly though. We won't explain it. Who's your favorite player to watch. That's tough off the top of the head, but. Reg, regular season. Um maybe Jokic. Yeah. Jokic or staff. I was gonna say Luca. Yeah. All right. We won't go. All right. My last observation is that Bradley Beal's prime.
1: Who's least your least favorite to watch?
0: Giannis. Yeah. Can't she, stand it.
1: Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, I was I was against you back in like last year when you were saying this, just cause You know the stats spoke for themselves, and he was playing at such a good level defensively. But now it's just like, it is pretty monotonous at this point. It's the same thing every time. It is.
0: It's tiring. Uh, Yeah. So my my last observation is that Bradley Beal's prime is going to waste. So we're watching an all time offensive player right now. He's. I know they missed a week with COVID. He's averaging thirty five a night on forty nine percent shooting. Um, they surrounded him with, uh, the worst quote unquote superstar in the league. Westbrook is is he's abominable brutal. yeah um, um and so they they have to trade him and and well, it's and what my point is though it's it's such a shame because if this guy was playing on a real team we would be drooling over this guy saying he's like a top 10 guy in the league I, yeah. he's 27 years old he's not that young
1: and it feels like he's been in the league for 10 years too which goes to show that it's been a whole lot of nothing and um, it gets better every those, year yeah he's been awesome um it's tough because there was so much promise with the wizard season. Like you figured that Westbrook in the East would at least like have enough energy and like play night in and night out. um, I bought into it. And What's that? I bought into it. Yeah. Oh no, me too. Um, But he's been brutal. Like you said, Um, it kind of feels like the, the gas tank is getting pretty empty um, after all the miles um, that he's run, obviously. Um, But yeah, Beals like, how much? I I never even really watch him. Like the no. stat line speaks for themselves, but I've never you know really sat down and watch a Wizards game. Like why would I?
0: No, I don't watch him much. But the few times he'll play one of the New York teams, he could just score so easily at all three levels, and it's just a shame because they traded the pick with uh, with Wall, so that would make you think that they're even more hesitant to go full rebuild, but. I, I think of that trade all the trade is looking
1: st- bad, man.
0: Awful. Because Wall's been pretty decent. Yeah, when Wall's been on the court, he's been good. But if you think about all the superstars in this league, he's the he's the one guy, I think, that is on one of these teams. And maybe that somewhat It's commendable
1: to- that he hasn't
0: yeah, you know, made the
1: you know, um the the trade demand. Like does it speak actually- to him at all
0: that maybe he's not as good as we think he is? I don't know.
1: What in that, like, he's he's cool with just like getting and that they don't win the games, wedding. it's got to be irritating
0: and has to be. And the reason
1: I don't think he he didn't make an all star,
0: he or, didn't make uh, any of the uh, that's got to piss all, all T all NBA, that's got to piss him off, averaging 30 a night. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, all um, right. What's your what's your third reservation for a uh, reservation observation? <laughs>
1: My third observation, um. I think it's, it's surprising the lack of hype that there's been around Zion this year. Cause
0: he hasn't, cause
1: he hasn't, he's well here, let me say he was coming into last year. He was as hyped as any rookie, um, has been in our like adult, um, NBA experience. Like people were saying like next LeBron next, like can't miss player changing the game. Um, and he was awesome last year when he played and he has like, you know, some highlights this year, but it like the majority of it is mostly that he's been like kind of disappointing if he's even being talked about at all. Like, it's funny how much he's kind of like, obviously not physically like falling off the cliff, but he's somewhat, um, you know, he's been way less relevant than I thought he would be.
0: I completely agree. I'm just looking at his numbers here. So. Not to get nerdy on the crowd, but he's averaging twenty three and eight in thirty three minutes a night, shooting fifty eight percent.
1: High percentage, yeah,
0: fifty eight percent, um, sixty six from the line, which is which is fine for him. Um, But at the same time, the reason that people are so disappointed, I think, is he was a difference maker defensively at Duke. At Duke. He's yeah. one of the worst defenders in the league now. He yeah. puts in no effort. He still. See,
1: you see more doesn't look as athletic. athletic yeah, he looks unathletic. He like, yeah, and he he kind of trudges around like he's a D lineman who just
0: went, you know, who just played sixty snaps in a game. And the problem is, he's what twenty one. Like, yeah. Why do we? He think looks like he's, he's always in pain. It's really frustrating too because, um, the Pelicans overall are frustrating. But you're right. He, I think people are so reluctant. To admit that they're disappointed with this guy because he was so electric last year in his first twenty games
1: and likable, like he and likable. Like yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I agree, but you see,
1: you see even more. You see more highlights of him getting burnt on defense than you do like him soaring through the air dunking, which is yeah. not what you would have expected going into this year.
0: I mean, at Duke, he was a two-way player that saw the floor well and passed, and it looks like he. Remember that highlight where he
1: jumped like fifty feet into the air and swatted the ball to yeah. the second deck. Where's that?
0: It's frustrating. It 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 really is frustrating. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We also heard I mean also and he's played like fifty games, but agree, but it's time to drop twenty five pounds. Yeah. Although at the same time, not to go on a, a different topic here, but we always thought Embiid was out of shape. Embiid's only twenty six years old. Now he finally looks like he's in shape. So I mean he's young. Yeah, but he's you don't want time. those
1: you don't want those knees to take a pounding when they don't need to.
0: Exactly. All right, uh one more thought before we wrap up on the NBA, Kyle, is obviously the Nets have been front and center. Um, been watching a lot of their games. How many weeks do you think it is until Harden is is appalled with his role in this team?
1: You tell me. <laughs> you I mean, dude, there there is
0: no way he's that he's been
1: overly um <laughs> he's been overly giving um, when he's been out there, at least in what I've seen, yeah, like he's, he doesn't know how like, he only knows how to play like his hardened style of basketball. Um, or like, he'll, he'll like be like overly persuaded into passing. Cause he thinks that's what he should be doing when half the time, like the best thing for the team would be for him to go to the basket.
0: Agreed. No. So last night, it he, looks he very actually choppy. Yeah, and of course we need. It's going to take time, but I think there are still some early things that could be pointed out. I mean, last night against the Heat, he did close out in the fourth quarter and was the guy offensively at the end of the game. But yeah, I think I don't. He's been playing what they call Harden ball for what the past eight seasons, yeah. where he in Houston was averaging I think seven seconds uh, per possession with the ball in his hands. I, I would imagine that number is almost split in half now. Yeah, but I don't know. I think he's just
1: gotta. He's just gotta get back into the groove of you know moving, moving with the ball, moving without the ball, setting screens. Um, and or even work
0: it, on his catch and shoot too, because he's yeah, so he saying that. Yeah, like, like he's like crazy passive. He's passive, yeah, because he refuses to catch and shoot for the most part. Even if he gets, if you find him wide open in the corner, he still it's almost like he has to go through the leg seven or eight times before he yeah. makes any play <laughs> yeah, <'cause that's laughs> or he can like think muscle
1: memory. Yeah. Um, that's what he's used to. But a guy <laughs> that's, average, a guy that's unless averaged, he's, like dribbled the air out of the ball.
0: Yeah. He's it, such, I mean, he's such a unique player, but a guy that's averaged like 34 plus for how many seasons is going to go take what 12 shots a game. It's no insane. chance yeah it's insane so we'll see and also the other the one other point i wanted to make on him was when he doesn't have the ball he's he's the worst off ball guy in the league he doesn't he's a statue move. he's legitimately a that's statue. that's gonna have to change he's got the best seat in the house though he does <laughs> to watch durant who had his first like off night last night dude and kyrie has been awesome too i know yeah we'll see what the deal is with them i mean he's so good on offense man so good <laughs> that's the thing as much, as much as people get frustrated with Kyrie yeah, he's awesome that's he's actually one of the guys too that could be the most watchable player <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, legitimately could like be. if you if you're also, going to a game he's must watch
1: he, his form is so perfect too like he'll get like
0: yeah he's also got the baggy up. uniform he, he did you just like, like that like, form though right yeah i like that <laughs> what do you got a baseball there
1: baseball yeah it's putting fucking um,
0: I'll, uh, I'll tease uh, a segment for next time because we're getting really wordy here on uh, players entering uh, their Twilight stage. We can save that for next time. Yeah, yeah, I think we're at an hour. All right, so three more things I wanted to uh, get to briefly. <laughs> <laughs> no, brevity, what? not
1: the strong suit.
0: No. <laughs> what do you, you say? said, brevity's not the strong suit. <laughs> no, brevity... We're giving the people what they need yeah we'll give you guys a nice hour and 40 minute pod uh <laughs> after i say we have three more topics we'll probably go 20 minutes on each uh well, the one, <laughs> i say the one thing but it's like i got nine more things here yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to something i noticed is watching these studio shows so I, I i was watching a pre-game i won't call it out for an nba game and so they're talking about like oh this guy if, if this guy scores 17 tonight, 17 plus then they're going to win this game. Or if, if 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 he makes if he makes a difference on defense they're going to win this game. Um, there's such a gap I think between trying to like entertain the average sports fan with some nonsense or some nerdy, not, I wouldn't even say nerdy just or Education. some like actual educational Xs and Os. Yeah. And I feel like there's um, got to no,
1: be. I, it's tough with a lot of these pregame shows. for Pregame shows
0: reason. more so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I'm watching them and I'm wondering who they're for. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these segments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, because it... <laughs> it seems like a lot of the segments they're, they're doing would be tailored for, you know, the very casual average fan. For a toddler. Yeah, yeah. But those people aren't watching at that point. Like, I feel like the most dialed in people are the ones who are turning into the pregame. Otherwise, you know, the average fan will find it when it's on. Like, I'm waiting on the edge of my seat for these, like, football and basketball games to start all day. I want to get, like, crunch numbers before the games. And I'm just watching
0: some stuff on there, like... I don't know. It's like cartoon bits. Yeah. Give like, give us some info that we can then go to our friends and sound smart with and plagiarize, or I could come on here. And so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell me what. tell me what players are shooting against LeBron James when he's the closest defender or tell me how this guy matches up against this guy in the past or, or like why, or why the players' slow or, pace yeah. will, will bode well against the Mavericks. Like I hear you, man. I, I can't stand. Oh, Emmanuel quickly is coming off. 15 point night they really need to get him going in the first quarter he's different yeah he's built different (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so i think i think there's got to be a happy medium there Um there
1: would be nice if there were just like multiple options
0: that's what i was going to say too um Mm -hmm. especially yeah especially if these if these networks have the ability and have plus channels or other networks i agree i mean like the nfl game being on nickelodeon that was obviously
1: catered for a different audience yeah it doesn't have to be to that extreme but you can do like you know level 101 and
0: graduate level no i i, I couldn't agree more i think to your point i asked myself when i was watching this specific pregame last week who is this for yeah so yeah we'll, we'll keep tabs on this i'm gonna try to come here not to put too much on myself but i'm gonna try to each week have some just ridiculous quote or concept that I was hearing about. I'll do my, I'll do my best to. All right. We got to move on to uh, one of the topics I enjoyed last week, which was when we discussed (laughs) the uh, lion versus Python debate. I did some uh, research on this that I wanted to pull up here. So (laughs) I looked it up and I, I asked what are you supposed to do when this when approached by one of these species, Kyle? Yeah. So, <laughs> starting with a python. This is what you're supposed to do. Leave it alone. Snakes are generally shy and will not attack unless provoked, so it's best to leave them be. If you huh? see a snake inside your home, get all people and pets out of the room immediately. <laughs> but this this answered our well, question. What if they're leaving them alone? This shot this answered our question though. Shut the door and fill the gap underneath with a towel and then call a professional snake catcher or the police. Or the police. <laughs> I made the or the police smart. I know. <laughs> I know. But that answered our question of, you do have to
1: protect. They can get through the door. Well, they're also talking about like your standard snake. You were addressed, you were like alluding to like a 50-foot python, right? No, this I I uh You looked up pythons. Snakes were
0: grouped. Yeah, pythons were part of the equation here. <laughs>
1: Doing some hard
0: hitting research. Yeah, let me, let me, uh, yeah, let me provide the lion advice. <laughs> what? If you here? see stalking indications from a lion, run. Then raise your arms above your head and wave them, and most importantly, shout your head off. That's what you're supposed to do with bears too. If you have something in your hand, then throw it at the lion. <laughs> Even if the lion charges, do not run.
1: So you're just standing there, taking a charge, (laughs) taking a charge.
0: (laughs) Dude, if the light starts running at you, you just don't move.
1: Yeah, and throwing your phone at it and missing, throwing your phone at it (laughs) as if that's gonna do one thing. And then when it gets pissed and charges at you, don't move.
0: so yeah that's the research i did and i think based on this response i would actually change my vote to the lion because i think that while it could run through the door it's it's not it's not going to unless it thinks i'm that tasty
1: yeah but if it says just leave the snake alone and it's not gonna fuck with you i would rather that
0: so you'll just calmly sit in your room
1: um, <laughs> yeah with the python outside all right so uh, i have a. I'll, I'll bring it up next next week um <laughs> but i had a funny scenario too with these with these two guys also
0: <laughs> let me leave you with this uh try to also have this on a more uh on a yeah. cadence every episode uh what was the best thing that you ate this week
1: i'm glad that you put this on because i actually did have like Maybe my best meal of the year. Granted, we're 26 <laughs> days into it, but it was strong. <laughs> um, I got a chicken parm platter um, from an Italian spot in the East Village that was out of control.
0: Do you know? been to Ang- Little Frankie's? Little Frankie's? No, I yeah. haven't, but I've heard of it. I thought you were going to say Lena's first. but uh, Le- oh, Lena's is next level
1: also, but they don't have the outdoor dining. Um, I went out Friday night um, and this chicken par- parm platter um it was funny because it came 10 minutes before cara's meal came um so she was stay like you know you see her like peeking around um and then i'm in the spot where i don't know whether to eat or not like she's saying eat 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 but you can tell like she's kind of like don't eat and i don't <laughs> know like i feel weird about eating but yeah no it's fair yeah the, Vaughn the is
0: well mannered
1: the the sauce was lick your plate good <laughs> <laughs>
0: This picture what you about you your plate at the restaurant <laughs> um <laughs> i uh using the plate as a mask <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of cooking so anything I've eaten I can't say is that good um because i'm not i'm not a special chef by any means but um I actually got a recommendation for this uh almond flour buffalo chicken nugget recipe that yeah. I made on Sunday and so I made these chicken nuggets. We made five pounds. Um, and first of all, the process of dipping each individual nugget into the egg and the breadcrumbs was becoming insufferable at a certain point. Because <laughs> oh <my>. <laughs> there, there, so there were probably yeah. 120 pieces. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but not only were the nuggets good, was what was worth? even what was even better was just the remaining crispy breadcrumbs covered oh, awesome. in sweet baby raised buffalo sauce which i can't get started on how i feel about sweet baby raised buffalo sauce we'll be here all night it's absolutely kidding <laughs> yeah we will be here all
1: night <laughs> <laughs>
0: we get but, going on the sweet baby rays but grabbing the spoon after all the chicken was put in the bowl and just scooping up the breadcrumbs yeah that were covered in buffalo sauce was special <laughs> So the there, best thing there, I, I ate I was this week, Kyle, was, was buffalo bread almond flour. Would you say? <laughs> the best thing I ate this week was buffalo almond flour. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you if you had any,
1: um, like, sauces or spices that you've been going to lately. But I guess that answers
0: the question. Yeah. If you haven't tried it out there, hopefully they're willing to sponsor us soon. Sweet- I've been using lemon pepper like it's going out of style. Lemon pepper, Lou.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That was a really creative
0: joke. Uh, on that note, <laughs> All right. I think it's time to wrap it up, Kyle. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah, man. Good times. Yep. We'll be back uh, either. Uh, we'll be back next week for you guys. But again, thank you for the listen. Subscribe, rate, review, and uh, please give us any feedback. We appreciate it. For, yeah, we would. Um, for uh, Kyle Vaughn and Ryan Jacobs, we are signing off. Later. Thank you, guys. See
1: ya.